1: This is a crowd podcast. Welcome back to the French Rookie Podcast with me, Tim Groves, former France hooker Benjamin Kayser, former Scotland international an adopted Frenchman, Johnny Beattie, and a very special guest ahead of England v France as well. But we'll keep him waiting in the wings for a little while longer just while we catch up on how you guys are. How you doing? You okay, Johnny? You're um a bit under the weather, aren't you?
2: A man flu, mate. No, no, I'm all good. I had a good weekend. A bit of mini rugby on Saturday at Hossegore on the touchline with Scotty Spedding and his family, uh, then up to Paris for Toulon against Racing. Which is a bit of a dull game, but good to see a few new players back, and then uh, some swimming lessons on Sunday afternoon for the kids. So a good mix of family and rugby, but no, all good.
0: Are you saying your, your little one plays in the same mini rugby team as Scotty Spitting's one? They're going to dominate, mate. They're going to dominate, but poor, poor teammates not going to see a pass of the whole season. mate. <laughs> <laughs> if there are anything like that? There are dads.
1: Oh my word. Where does Scott Spedding's kids play what position or is it a bit early?
2: It's a bit early. So they're, they're at the stage of running around cones and pretending to be wolves and jumping on each other. But like, <laughs> they're having a great time. And uh, we get to stay on the touchline, have a good lap. But there's quite a few. Like um, Benji, what was the backs coach who ended up? He was the French backs coach. And then he ended up at Montauban. Jeff Dubois, his kids are there yeah. as well. Like there's loads of people at the same rugby clubs. So it's a nice little social centre. Alex Rumat. He came through that club as well, the flanker that's up at Bordeaux. So like, it's, it's a great little club, really social, and he's enjoying it. It's not too serious yet.
1: Any mini rugby for you, Benji, or just the, the usual hard grind?
0: No, absolutely no mini rugby. But listen, hallelujah! Yesterday the schools reopened in England. Oh my word, that was <laughs> a, such. A, so there was a bit of rugby in the car, but they were beating me up basically to drive faster, open the door, and they. That's how much they love me. They didn't. They didn't want to, you know, make me sad or anything. So they barely looked at me. barely glanced at me. They <laughs> did not send any kisses. Nothing. Just told me to bugger off. It was awesome. Yeah, no, So that's 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 the huge good news. The the sad news that I'm back in the grind of with my best mate Zu, and just going hours and hours at it uh, studying. But listen, we will get there.
1: So before we get into chatting about La Crunch, we've got to go back to it, haven't we? Bernard Laporte had to file his report into Wafflegate, Fabian's excursion. We've chatted about it at length, but he filed his report. The conclusion was nobody did anything wrong, but the rules and protocols should have been tighter. That's the way it's been portrayed.
0: Is that right? Pretty much, yeah. But I mean... Listen, the, the, the reality is that there's a lot of communication in there. And when you get Josh Adams, who gets excluded from the Welsh camp for what, three or four weeks or something because he hosted a sexual elevation. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. A sexual what? No, a, a sex relevation. Is that what you say?
1: <laughs> a gender reveal, I think we'll say.
0: <laughs> and, you know, so obviously it's important stuff, important family moments and stuff. And he, he got excluded for the camp for weeks. Then we realized that basically Fabien Galtier went to see his son. It's been confirmed, but it's part of the protocol. And that's why he kept on just answering, you know, bluntly out of nowhere. I didn't break the rules. I didn't break it. He didn't confirm or not. So basically there's nothing actually in the books that was any problem. It's pretty much, pretty much uh, understood that the, 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 basically the, 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 the patient zero like they call him is a seventh player who tested negative a day three days later tested positive it just happens with this shit you just don't know and it's impossible to predict what we don't like it what smells really really fishy is the way that it was addressed there was never a clear answer you know to say yes no but listen is within the rules i don't know what you're talking about and no, no, we're gonna appoint a covid manager with the vice president of the, of the federation i'm gonna ask for a report but i'm gonna write the, <laughs> the, the report myself we know the Patient zero is actually the conditioner. Uh, you know, so, and in the end, basically, they, they, they got hit on the, on the, on the fingers like, like little kids by the minister. But it's true that by the book, nothing's wrong. Uh, and, and, and this stuff is, is complicated. The game got postponed. It's still going to be played. Apparently, it's going to be confirmed. So that's awesome. But what I'm, what I'm worried about is, because that's what I've heard, that the boys were not happy. The boys were seriously not happy. Uh, you, you consider that you're a team unity, that there's going to be uh, tolerance zero. You know, there's going to be acceptance zero for any type of misbehaving. And and obviously the sort of the head of state of French rugby allowed himself a little outing, allowed himself an outing that honestly, I would have forgiven him straight away. You barely see your kids. You want to see your son play rugby. You're outside, you're mass, you're this and that. I can get it. Like, honestly, it's not a big deal. What I don't like is the way that it was handled.
2: So Benji, do you think that that, potentially, without throwing accusations around to you, it means that there's something else that's happened that we don't know about. Because if Fabian had done that and gone and seen his kid, I think everyone would be like, mate, that's cool. Like if half the team was out in Rome having waffles, they were at fault as well. But the fact that there's unrest and the team doesn't seem to be settled or there's a little bit of you know un- unhappy camp, maybe there's something else that we don't know. We've had the kind of smoke and mirrors and I'm like, if they're not happy, there's, surely there must have been something else that's gone on, no?
0: I mean, the, the politics in France are all the way to the newspapers. Yes, maybe there's a little bit of fire. But Johnny, have you ever been in a French environment where there's no fire? No, Every 45 minutes, there's something. <laughs> so if anything, that's like a usual Monday morning. If they're a little bit pissed off uh, with, with, the, with the coach, then good. And then let them deal with it be- between them. As long as they respect him for his strategy and stuff. I, I don't think Charles Livon came out by saying, I love Fabien Galtier. He's like my dad. And we don't care about that. We just care about the fact that he's a very good coach, that he's put something well. Now, let them deal with their shit. I don't believe there's any trouble in it. We said there's a super tight unit between the players, which is genuine and true and which will prevail this weekend. And there's fantastic setup of managers around it. But we never tried, we never said that there was the, this incredible love between the two, right? We just said, so I, I, I agree with you. Something happened. It got dealt with. I don't see any resentment, basically, uh, within the, the, the team for what Fabio Galtier or what his staff did.
1: And getting back to matters on the pitch, obviously, a month since the last game. So are they going to be ready physically?
0: Well, Johnny, you tell me, but uh, did, I don't know if you guys watched Top 14. He's pretty much He back. looked ready. He's, he's all
2: right.
0: He's all right. So in the end, I mean, this is, this is the incredible Freakish. thing. Is that, look, there's been all these shambles by the press and this and that. But if they're smart enough to actually concentrate on them, Antoine Dupont's back. Camicha is back. We didn't even speak about Camicha, but he's back. Virimi Vakatawa is back. I didn't know he could come back now. And he's played already a game. Romain Tamak is back. Yeah. They, they, they're the little genius. So all these guys are back. There's basically Thomas Ramos that pulled out because he played with Toulouse. And I think he hurt his calf.
2: Villiers as well.
0: Yeah, Villiers bro- broke his hand. That's true. Yeah. But they've got Teddy Thomas and Damien Penaud, So there would have been yeah. the possibility <laughs> that he didn't start. I don't know. Um, and so in the end, they've got a full, full shebang. Vakatawa for me is the absolute key because Jalibert was playing so well, and I still believe that he might start this weekend. Yeah, so do in an I? But Vakatawa, mate, he's just—he's he, he, this whole backline is night and day with or without him, right? In terms of creativity and what he can bring, the X factorness and all that. So basically, they've got a full, full squad. I don't think rhythm will be an issue. Because the guys who needed rhythm got uh, at least 40 minutes of top 14 last week and so they'll be ready
2: and they looked angry like so co- commentating that game for canal Camille Shah wanted to hurt people I've not seen him <laughs> like that before <laughs> he was an angry man like a Hulk trying to Hulk smash everything going around the pitch remember he was, they
0: announced the squads oh, after the game right
2: yeah and Vakatawa like as simple as it sounds like most of Racing's starter players from scrum is like Finn Russell takes the ball at 10 does a mispass, skips it to 13. It's like, Vakatawa, go do something. And he is unbelievable. Like, even in phase play. So that's their starter play. That's how easy it is for him to get into the game, get across the gain line, cause chaos. But in general, phase play, I've never seen a guy in a first game back take the ball at a gain line, man and ball in phase play. He's just so natural. Like, he dominated collisions. He got across the gain line every time. He's looking to offload. Like, he's just so talented. So... Look, 100%, if he's good to go, he's going to be straight back in the team, hopefully with Fiku at 12. Um, and I agree with you. So Intermac didn't look that hot for Toulouse. Like, he really worked his way into the game, looked much more rusty, and jalabert has been awesome. So, look, Vakatawa, I think, can make an, a huge difference if he comes back. Camille Shah, again, if he comes back off the bench, impact player, an absolute monster. So, look, great for the French team to have those two guys back, definitely. A shame, like you said, about Villiers, who's been amazing. But with Damien Penault and and a Teddy Thomas. Like, there's talent in that position, so so not to worry, I don't think. But no, great to see those guys back. They were unbelievable at the weekend. It's
1: so interesting that you're both going with Mathieu Jalibert to start ahead of Roman Entomac. Any other any other selection surprises we're going to see or in the forwards, Benji?
0: Well, there's always that, that discussion of who's going to play it at six. So given that, or at seven, sorry, given that Olivon and, and Aldrit will start at six and eight, who will have that seven jersey? So if you remember the first two games, Dylan Cretin, Got uh, sorry, got, got got picked basically for his lineout ability and his capacity to basically cover so much so much ground. And then for the Ireland game, the big they picked the big the big Safa uh, sort of in the legs, uh, Anthony Jelon, who who destroyed some people, did really really well. But they also said it was a matter of profile, so it's quite smart. And there's Cameron Voki, who who is now basically knocking on the door. You know, am I gonna get a shot or not? So I think the real question is going to be that that number seven jersey playing against England I reckon Anthony Jelonche will be will, will be put again except they had a real trouble in the lineout against Ireland I remember after the first the first three or four lineouts were 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 contested and the first ball clean ball they got they scored and who does exactly the graft and the line-out? it's Cameron Voki yeah. so it's 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 an interesting pick that one
2: but weirdly so we've both Slump for him and chosen him multiple team selections but he hasn't gotten the nod think back to autumn nations cup it was him that destroyed england's line out down at the front around the seven meter line he just jumped man and ball and took everything i think he stole three 100 yeah. if it was me picking it and i think as well we saw how paul o'connell targeted the the french line out i think it'll be the same again this week they'll be given a really hard time if olivon takes 80 90 of the ball which he does every week need to mix it up but I honestly don't think they'll go for it. Like they've had chances to put Voachi in and they haven't put him in. So I, I don't think he'll get a run. Um, probably that the kiss of death is now going to get chosen. But look, I'd love to see him picked, but I, I don't think Fabian is um I don't think he's top of the list for Fabian. I think they'll go for something else.
1: Well, let's bring our guests in now then, because he's been involved in a few tasty England v France clashes over recent years, and he could have been playing in this one had circumstances been different. England loose said, Joe Marler joins us. How are you, Joe? Bonsoir, bonsoir. Ray. Um
3: <laughs> All right, eight, lads. Hey, Dean, that's for Johnny. Hey, good evening, lads. Hey, see you, Jimmy. And Tim, just good evening. Thank you for having me. How are you, boys? We're good. Very How are you? Well. are you? Yeah, ça va. Uh, ça va bien. Um, <laughs> um, non, nonchalant. <laughs> <laughs> uh What other French do I know? Vict. No, ver. Ver. My son, um, when he went to nursery, they offered this like French lesson. Anyway, I get home one day and he goes, Oh, I was like, um, Jasper, how was how was nursery today, mate? And he was like, Yeah, it was really good, Daddy, really good. I learned some French. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, what French? He was like, Bonjour. I was like, good, yeah, well done, mate. It's really good. And he went, orange, and I went, Pardon?
1: <laughs>
3: he said, Orange. I said, What's that French for then? And he said, Orange. And I went, Yeah, good one. He went to bed and then I spoke to daisy I said, mate, we've got to stop this French stuff because they're just telling him to say French English words in a French accent. Like she was <laughs> like, what do you mean? I said, he's coming back and saying orange. She was like, that is French for orange, you
1: idiot. I was <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, fuck. So my three-year-old, sorry, tangent. How are you, boys? You okay? Good evening, Joseph. We are well. We are well. So how, how are you? How have you been? How are you enjoying the Six Nations? Uh, Enjoying it. Have you watched it, Joe?
3: Bits, I can't say I've enjoyed much of it. No, it's just a bit shit without fans, isn't it? It's not. It, to me, it doesn't even count. I'll be honest. I'll go out there <laughs> straight away. I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me trying to stir the pot or justify it, but it doesn't really count if it's not in front of fans.
0: If you, if you were still, if you were still in competition to get to get that Grand Slam bonus, I'm telling you, you would ask for it to count. 150%. <laughs> so shut your mouth with all that bullshit about the fans and all that. You never did it for that, mate. Come on, you're you're a podcaster now. Hey, you're a podcaster. hey, don't
3: but, hey, Ben Benjamin, don't be like that. I play for the, love, <laughs> I play for the love of the game, and uh, I love talking to you. I love listening to you, especially Ben, because your voice always reminds me of a cross between Gérard Dapardieu, you know... Um,
0: <laughs> it's not Dapardieu. Oh, what Gérard, is it? D'Apardu, D'Apardu. Oh, Gérard
3: Dapardieu. Gérard <laughs> Depardieu, And um, the French bloke from The Patriot. Do you remember seeing that? What? Fuck off, mate. That's bullshit. <laughs> I don't think, I've, of, seen I don't think I've seen it. In fact, I've, I've, seen it, I've done my honest. research.
0: His name is Tijiki Cario, Mate, that's, that's one bullshit uh, research <laughs> that you did because that's not a Frenchie.
3: You're right, he was born in Turkey, brought up in France.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, so you, you tell me that you like my voice. I like yours because I've got two memories of it. The first one is that Joe Marlowe, big beard, basically loose head prop for Harlequins. It's the first guy that as a scrum was going to pack down Clermont against Quince, all you could hear is like, Ça va mon ami? He would just get this idiot yes. who basically, <laughs> as soon as you heard, crouch, bind, whatever, and we were about to slam on each other, you would hear, mon ami? He would just try out on his French and stuff. And because that because was, I, was, I,
3: I, I, I was preparing to get drilled and put the
0: reverse lights on. Are you not actually good mates with Rabat Slimani? I think he, was, he would always tell me that he would get yeah. some texts before. Easy mate, my back is fucked. <laughs> Easy mate, my hammy's <laughs> gone. <laughs>
3: I'm not entirely sure whether that's legal and organising <laughs> gentle, gentlemen's agreements before games, but um, no, Rabba's a good lad. He's uh...
0: yeah, but that's the thing—he's too kind because he actually listened to you. I swear to you, before the games, he would tell me, right, "Just don't <laughs> worry." He said to me, "He's like my scrum, your scrum. Just get out of there." I'm fine with that. He's like Rabba, you meant to drill him to the ground? What are you talking about? He's just eating you up before the game. No, no, he's really nice fella. Like, yeah, yeah, he's nice fella. He just ate you. Savamonami. me.
1: See I can do it. I can do it. Paris awaits. Yeah, you're good. Joe, give us a perspective of an outside perspective of what you've made of France. And also not just France, but you know, the whole storm we've seen with Fabian Gaultier, Waffle Gate. I haven't really heard about Waffle. What's this about Waffle Gate? They had some waffles. <laughs> they they went out, they had waffles, and it, it apparently it was allowed. But the England boys oh, wow. aren't allowed to do that, are they? So
3: poor sods. What do I think about France? I'm re- France really excite me, actually. I really loved the group of young bucks that they brought over in December for the Autumn Nations Cup and gave us a run for our money there and actually played the better rugby and probably should have pipped us. But to see them finally get themselves, pull the fingers out and get some depth to their team, um, exciting depth as well, and to see a lot of fit, hungry, young Frenchmen who aren't smoking um before <laughs> it, middle and end of every session in, and game. So um no, it's exciting. It's it's definitely good for rugby to have a strong French team um actually pitching up. So that's why this weekend's gonna be even bigger because the English boys have got their backs against the walls and the French well there's all this what is it, the Waffle Gate that you said and all that drama, but I'm sure the actual team don't give a shit about that. They're just going to come over here and and jouer, as they say. And I hope, I'd, loved, I'd love it, I'd love it if it was a proper Jouet fest. Is it going to be, though?
2: <sighs> no. Well, what do you think the answer is to that, Johnny? <laughs> no, I don't think it is, mate. But I hope it is, too. It'd be wonderful to see. But how do you, like, do you reckon England are going to change or tailor or alter anything about the way they play to try and put a bit more pressure or do you think they're just going to be the same old and try and keep on the same game plan or do you think they are going to mix it up a little bit to try and
1: i've i've no idea like what yes you doing. do come on joe we've got you on for your inside in- yeah, <laughs> info. yeah my inside
3: info yeah i've been talking to the lads have been letting me <laughs> you know we're doing this play and that play you know they don't not gonna rock and all this shit i'm like no i haven't got a clue um I'd love, I would love it. Like one of my favourite games I played in was back in, Ben, you'll remember this, back in 2015. And it was the last day of the Six, Six Nations. And we beat you boys 55-35. But it was fucking yeah. carnage. Absolute carnage. But some of the most fun I've ever had on an internet. In fact, it's probably my favourite game I've ever played in. When Debati, how the hell did Debati <laughs> get on the end of that try?
0: But hang on, not- you, guys, you guys won the Grand Slam that day, didn't you? No, we lost, we lost oh, to Ireland, a points difference. Because you conceded a defensive <laughs> bonus point, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you? And who scored that try, mate?
3: Was it you? Oh, fuck off. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, that, is biggest, that is my it's biggest
1: That is my biggest achievement. It's for you. That is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Did Benji text you beforehand and ask you to do this, Jay? Did he put you up to this? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Bring I up promise that you, you I wasn't. I was more going to say, Joe, that the first time I met you, it was after France-England game in Paris. Remember the oh, Gael yeah. Fiku yes. last minute try? 78th minute. We were honestly we were, we were going to lose that game. It was just a bit of brilliance from Gael at the end. And Joe rocks up with Dan Cole, right? With Coley. Yeah, I couldn't ever shake him, mate.
3: He was my shadow.
0: <laughs> and, and you came in and the boys just sat next to me and we had a few beers and stuff. And uh, I remember, I remember Joe looking at all of them. Obviously, nobody spoke a word of English apart from Yannick Nyonga, I remember who wasn't far and who came and said hello and stuff. And at that time, some boys would sneak up in the warm-up room and we'll go have a few, a few <laughs> cigarettes. At the time, I'm not going to say who. And that's that's true. And I remember Joe looking at me. Is this is this really what's fucking happening? I that hey, Listen, when in Rome, Johnny. In answer to your
3: actual question, I suspect England will go with how they've been going the last couple of games and just trying to step it up a bit more. Um, and France will obviously joue. I'm not saying what England have been doing is wrong at all. I thought they played some really good parts uh, against Wales. But, you know, they've just been lacking that, that consistency. And well, I just want them to rip it all up and just just enjoy themselves. But there's nothing to lose as well. Do you know what I mean? Jouer, blood some young boys and just give it a crack.
0: So obviously, I think you know a little bit the French mentality and Johnny will tell you that when we're pissed off, we play even better and you'll use anything during the week. If it's raining, it's because of the English. If the ref doesn't look good, it's because of the English. If the hotel is bad, it's because of the English. Whatever. (laughs) If your missus is cranky, it's because of the English. And I remember during the February 2020, before you guys came as the finalists of the World Cup, obviously a fantastic team. And you guys had an extraordinary World Cup that didn't go all the way, but still. And during that week, Eddie kept on chucking oil on the fire all week. Does Didn't anybody tell him, mate, this is actually playing in their favour. Stop winding him up. And does he do it on purpose because he doesn't care? Was it sort of a triple psychology thing that you think, that they think, that I think, that whatever? But didn't somebody tell him, stop doing that, mate. You're actually playing in favour of them.
3: I would love to be able to answer that, but I don't think there's a single person on the planet <laughs> that would be able to tell Eddie that or work out whether it was a triple bluff um or not because Eddie just does i lo- i I love Eddie's approach to the media because he sees it as um often he uses it as a bit of a tool either for the the team that he's coaching to look at what is being said in the press or as a tool to wind the opposition up but I think he sees it as as just a bit of play, a bit of a bit of drama, a bit of a bit of the entertainment factor to it all, and just throwing bombs out left, right, and centre. And he does it <laughs> all the time. Um, is there anybody capable of telling him not to do it? Good luck. Good luck, Sa- <laughs> mate. Can you shut the fuck up and stop having <laughs> winding the friendship? <laughs> no, it's not going to happen, mate. Um, so usually, what will be the case is that the messages that he'll be putting out in the press will be the direct opposite of what he's doing in camp. So I think it was the, the breakdown in in, what's it, when you change the language, you know, when you look on Google English translation,
1: translation.
3: (laughs) I think it was the translation of brutality or something. He was just meaning, oh, we're going to be brutally physical. And then I remember Gautier coming out in the press saying, we think this is really disrespectful and actually brutality in French means something else. Does that, is that true?
0: <laughs> Brutality literally means violence. Oh, of, to like kill. French, yeah, oh, to hurt, not to kill, but to hurt. No, but he said that the French cannot handle our physicality. Oh, oh, so he's God. basically saying that you can be a better team, but when you appeal to the heart, to the commitment, to the sort of the, you know, the dog of, of the French, that's what we love. Don't yeah. challenge us on that. Challenges on our our discipline, on the fact that sometimes we lose our shits, that we can be extraordinary for 50 minutes, but not for 80. Yeah, all those things are actually relevant and they're true. But don't say that you guys are going to be a bully France in Paris for the opener of the 2020 when when they are already absolutely fucking fuming about this game, I was thinking this guy's mad.
1: I love how worked up you're getting even just talking about it. this was oh, last man. this oh, was man. last year, mate. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Joe, Benji loves talking about stereotypes, French stereotypes, and we've spoken already about cigarettes in the dressing room. So this is right up his street. But what's the chat usually ahead of an England-France game? Do the do the players sort of talk about the old French stereotypes. Has it changed whilst you've been with England? Is it a lot more kind of not respect, but you know, a lot the, the style has changed. So, did do, do you speak about the French team in a different manner now to what you would have done ten years ago? From a personal and team perspective,
3: like you can't you can't avoid the the standard narrative that the press rolls out about what fucking French team are going to turn up. Like you can't avoid it. But as players, we never we always expect unbelievable skill unbelievable individual skill um that would always be the chat of some of the superstars that they've got in the team and a horrible nasty pack that can scrum you to death not literally in case that translates badly um, <laughs> that's yeah. going to be on the dressing room wall this weekend Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know and that that physical in your face attitude that's always the the chat that we we would have and we would expect from a French team. I think that'll be very much the same this week. But with the added of they've got so much youth and exuberance and no fear. Maybe Eddie and, and the coaching group be like, well, actually, yeah, they are young and they've got no fear. But they're under a little bit of pressure this time because they've actually got something to play for us. They're still new. The, the French team is still new and, you know fresh but there's a bit more expectation on them now do you know what i mean it's not two years ago where it's like oh, these are young pups they give them time to actually they're starting to get results now so maybe they'll they'll go with that i suspect eddie will probably go with the i haven't seen any press yet but he'll probably go with the underdog tag and ram that hard this time and put the pressure on the french um that way around.
2: What lessons do you reckon have been learned? So from that loss in Paris a couple of years ago and from that really tight game in the Autumn Nations Cup, which you just pipped, what do you think will need to change for England who've lost the past couple of games to go out and dominate a French side at Twickenham?
3: Um, Fucking hell, Johnny. That's a massive uh, nausea. And I've actually got to think about that one. Um, What have they got to do? Well, I... I'd hazard a guess with a bit of an RC, um response of they've probably got to score more points than them. But that's just me being <laughs> facetious and struggling to say, think of anything intelligent to say. So I just go with that one. Their set piece has to function. It always has to function. They've got a young type five, the French have, and the likes of Marrow, the likes of Kyle, um, Jamie, George, Mako. Um, who else will they go in the row? Who's the other second row? Johnny Hill? Oh, it'll be Johnny Hill, yeah. Uh, so, those boys have to be putting the pressure on them as a as a tight five, getting in the in the youngsters' faces. I like what um, the French tight five are about. Do you think they'll go with House? Is it Howells? Howells? Howass? Hawas, how 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 big unit. Tough upbringing as well. That, he's a tough kid, isn't he? Yeah. So, they've got to dominate there. They've got to get into a, a bit of a set-piece arm wrestle and um, sap the legs out of there. But, uh, for me... They'd have to starve the French of quite a lot of ball, be it kicking in behind, kicking, turning them, all that, or actually keeping hold of the ball, which I guess we haven't naturally done in the last couple of seasons. So it would be interesting to see if they do it. Uh, The long and short of it, John, uh, I haven't got a fucking clue. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you mentioned um, sort of the tight five and whatever and the ball dominance and the scrum. Is it fair to say that however incredibly arrogant and disrespectful all oh, you English were constantly non-stop against the French? Is it fair to say that between front rowers there was actually quite a lot of respect apart from Dylan who non-stop kept on <laughs> chatting and giving us so much shite. But is it is it fair to say that there was... Well, Coley's like that. He doesn't say much, right? But I always felt that even Mako, Jamie, George, all those guys they were sort of like, obviously it's, it's usually this way in any team that you play but when Mario Itoje, all those guys would keep on yelling behind, I felt that with the front words there was sort of this matter of respect or maybe because you texted Raba, also told him to you know, your scrum, my scrum, <laughs> let's take it easy today but I felt that there was this added respect, right?
3: No, there is, there is definitely an added respect and as, as an Englishman against the French there was always that not in my stomach of fear of if I don't turn up, I'll get my pants pulled down because there is that respect of knowing how good you boys are, um, how good you boys can be. So um, yeah, there's that mutual respect and I, I, I hope it's a, I hate talking about it to be honest, mate, because it doesn't make my mouth water as much without, with all this fucking COVID shit, but that's state of the obvious, but I hope it's a, a hell ever. Game at the weekend and and boys actually front
0: up and
1: and go toe to toe. It'd be good crack And on the subject, Joe, who's the toughest French front rower you've ever come up against? Um, off
0: from Benjamin Caesar. He didn't have the balls to go into hooker, mate.
3: No, I could I, I'm not happy complimenting Ben because um, I've already teed him up with that that super <laughs> try that he scored. So he's look how smug he is. Look, he's just sat there like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He hasn't stopped with that tight smile Honestly, the entire time. I
0: ran about fifteen centimetres for that try. I was awesome. <laughs> I was after driving mall just had to put it down, mate. It didn't do anything.
3: Uh toughish trench. I I used to hate plan against um Nicola Mass He's because his his the size of him was horrible. Yeah. He was about four foot eleven. um <laughs> he was so good i'll tell you what he was good at. This is, yeah he was he was horrible I, could, I was like mate i can't get down that low can you do you mind coming up a bit higher just so i can actually get my head in the hole here <laughs> he wasn't actually really good at pushing you backwards but he had this art of if i tried pushing him he could then like change his angle or like absorb the weight somehow to then make me spin out of the scrum and have my ass and my head sort of combined whilst he was just plowing (laughs) on through. It was was really strange, really hard to who else was horrible that I'd just be like, Oh, you're fucking horrible. You are. Um, I always loved it. I tell you, I always have a crack at um, LaRue. He's a massive gobshite for a Frenchie, but he's not, a, he's not, is he a proper Frenchie? I'm sure he's half South African or something.
0: He's hundred percent South African. He's oh, he's a hundred percent. He's not even yeah. half. <laughs> oh,
3: okay. That's probably why then maybe I've been like, yeah, fuck you, mate. Yeah. Mass was always, a. a, a am I saying it right? Mass. Ma. Yeah. Hello, Ma. Oh,
1: Ma. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you ever had any offers to go and play in the top 14? Fancy that at some point? Oh, I see now what you've done. Here. So, <laughs>
3: so, we I remember, I thought we had a chat off of air, but it, it was still recording. Now, this is the on
1: air chat, is it? Yeah, this is the official yeah. chat, Joe. Any official offers that have been on the table that you've weighed up?
3: No, there's not, 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 not. There's some non official, official stuff that I've sniffed around at. I think Stad, Stad were looking for um, a loose head and me and the family were talking about maybe having a little adventure now that in
0: fact actually
3: hang on now that i'm a former england in england international thanks to whoever you lot is in charge of your socials officially retiring me this morning saying oh we're welcoming former england international uh because well, you're not
0: because you're not yeah. you're gonna go back no you're right it, you should just
3: start with <laughs> former <Okay>. yeah fine <laughs> No, Tim, there is no offers on thingy. I'm contracted to Harlequins till 2023. I'm loving life because we've actually got a bit of the French flair about us at the minute. That we're just jouer in the fuck out of everything. In fact, we don't call it jouet because our South African captain misheard me when I went (laughs) in one of the huddles. I said, lads, let's just jouer. Let's have some fun. Let's (laughs) just throw the ball about, please. And he was like, he repeated his uh, hard Afrikaans accent in yeah guys let's just juve and i went juve that's a football team mate it's juve he went oh what does that mean i went it means play in french it was like oh sorry i was like no so all right we could just call it juve so now we just run around shouting juve
1: it's fair to say you're playing out of this world at the moment joe and you rocked up to the game last week in a space suit didn't you what's that okay about? okay so you knock me for shit jokes
3: and yet you come out with that <laughs> Uh, it wasn't a spacesuit. It was an on-brand,
1: comfortable tracksuit that... Okay. Did you not like it? Uh, I loved it, but I just thought it, maybe there was an explanation. I don't know. Sartorial elegance. Is that it?
3: not entirely sure what sartorial... <laughs> fucking hell, there's a fox. There's a fox. There's a fucking fox in my garden. <laughs> oh, my God, it's tiny.
0: Mate, go put your spacesuit and go <laughs> clippity-clop in your in your garden and go catch that fox. Clippity-clop. Oh, clippity-clop. lads, it's been
1: an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Cheers, Jay.
0: Thanks a lot, mate.
3: Cheers, boys. Bye bye.
1: <laughs> Next level.
2: Oh, he I couldn't me up. even get myself together to ask him anything because I was laughing so much. You don't need to ask much, right? You just let, <laughs> let him dog. Wind him up and let him go. Some boy. He's hilarious. Hello, I'm Garrett Thomas. And I'm
3: Tom Fordyce. And this is your official invite to come and join our brand new cycling club. Now, good news, it's a podcast too, so you can come and listen to us, try and build this club from scratch, and we'll have a few familiar faces joining us for the ride too. Right, G, time to tell everyone what we've called this club. Well, we thought long and hard about this, so we came up with a strong original name that really stands out, the Garantama Thomas Cycling Club. Yeah, I suppose it's easy to
1: remember at least, isn't it? We will have new episodes for you every single Tuesday. Come and join us. Johnny, you've got some good news to share with the listeners, haven't you? I do, mate. We've got our first
2: sponsor. And I think you're going to like it, Benji. Think of something typically French.
0: Oh, my word. Listen, it's what makes my heart beat at the moment. I'm a huge, huge coffee lover. Whole beans grounded every morning. That's what I wake up to. And that's this lovely sound that I love to hear in my kitchen every morning.
2: We're living off in our house as well after number three arriving in
0: November. So this episode is proudly brought to you by Packed Coffee. It's coffee without compromise. Packed Coffee offer flexible coffee plans delivered to your door. They only source the best coffee and they pay farmers an average of 55%. More than the fair trade baseline. You can also choose from over 15 different coffees and more than eight origins. Johnny, are you whole bean like me, or are you ground coffee kind of guy? I'm ground, mate. We're well, both in luck with packed coffee. You can select exactly how you want your coffee, and then
1: it's delivered to you with free and fast delivery. No hidden charges, and it goes straight through your letterbox. So if you want to try packed coffee, you can get your first bag from just 1.95 with the discount code French. Go to patcoffee.com, P-A-C-T coffee.com and enter the code FRENCH at the checkout.
0: Enjoy, guys. Regalez-vous.
1: So Joe gave us his opinion. So where's this game going to be won and lost and what um what's going to happen?
0: I actually see... um, So I see Sean Edwards basically putting up, obviously... Another big defensive setup because he knows that England going to try to convert every opportunity they've got. Um, I see a huge battle in the air. That's why that, that number seven, or the number seven jersey is going to be such a complicated one to pick because you already had Vilemse, who's not the tallest, but they have uh, Billy Vonipola and Curry, who's not really an expert. I feel that basically one opportunity that seems to be the common thread since the beginning of Six Nations regarding England is the lack of discipline. And the lack of discipline is inflicted because teams play against England. So actually, I would go against Joe. I reckon you will see a lot of jouer jouer because France will put it in their strategy. It's not just to play, chuck the ball around for the sake of it. Is provoke England because the more you provoke them, the more mm-hmm. either they concede some uh, territory, but if they don't, they will get penalised. And there's no better way than basically to, to hit where it hurts. So no, they're not going to chop the ball around from 10 meters out. They're not going to try anything absolutely crazy. They're going to build the game. There's going to be a lot of kicking at At, force, at, at first, you know, playing with territory and stuff. But I do reckon we can see a lot more open game because typically, I mean, listen, I think a guy like maro every time he's going to be in an area, they're going to try to play against him, force him to commit to those rocks, and just see if it's a 50-50 call or not. And that's what France do well also. Big defensive setup and a lot of activity with some killer X factors Bakatawa basically seeking those opportunities. Teddy Thomas, Damien Penault probably, and obviously Antoine Dupont having a go around the fringes. So Mm -hmm. I think they're going to oppose that threat. They're going to be like, right, what works for France, what doesn't work against England. Works for France is to attack the shit out of all those games and to try to uh, build some intensity and then find space. What doesn't work for England is their discipline. So I think they both combined. It can be a good game and we'll see a lot of rugby played by France.
2: Yeah, and no, I think France can take a lot of confidence from that win Paris in last year's Six Nations and the tightly fought game that they just lost the final at Twickenham at the end of last year. Look, I think they'll be massively confident. I think now they know that they can they can compete within their own game. The, the kick and press, the kick and pressure, the kick and squeeze. Sean Edwards has brought that to them. I think Joe without really knowing it, kind of talked about the little bits that are going to be key. You talked about the battle up front, tight five. And I think that scrum time, maul time, line-out time, you've got olive on he's got a massive job going up against this English pack. You've got Mohamed Huas Again, sometimes we have our question marks, huge game for him at tight heads. And like, all these little margins, penalties, and, and the way games can change. It's going to be crucial. Um, and I just think as well, look, you've got that kick battle. I think you're going to see the first 15, 20, 30 minutes, them feeling each other out. And then it's going to be when they get in the right positions, who can use the strike times, the strike plays and get across that gain line, back our, what can he do? And like we saw with England-Wales, it's going to be when opportunities present themselves, can they take them? And if they can, I think they can win. So, Look, it's, it's hugely encouraging. I, I think it's been obviously difficult prep for them, but I think they'll just be so desperate to get back out in the field. Um, there's a few guys coming back they'll be delighted to have back in the squad that add a little bit of well as well, a little bit of spice. So, um, look, I think it'll be a narrow victory, but I think um, France will beat England at Twickenham.
1: Well, let's have a quick chat about the other Six Nations games this weekend then and get your predictions formally locked in for round four because we've joined forces with the Guinness Pint Predictor on Match Pint during the tournament. So anyone listening can join in and compete against you guys. Just download the Match Pint app, predict the scores, beat your mates and win a whole load of great rugby prizes. And to compete against Johnny and Benji, all you need to do is enter our private league with the league code LARugby. So you guys are neck and neck at the moment. Johnny is just a point ahead, Benji. Ooh. So let's get your predictions in then. Wales vs Italy first up.
0: So listen, um, unfortunately for Wales, I think uh, for Wales, for Italy, I think it's going to be a long day at the office again, especially because Wales are already a better team. But on top of that, listen, they've got the absolutely perfect scenario of winning conv- convincingly in Italy and then setting up an absolute cracker of a game against France, the last game for the Grand Slam, irrespectively of what France do. You know, it it might be the game for them. So it's the perfect platform. It will basically make sure that they're not going to go um, big-headed into this game. They need the points. They will get the points. I will say strong victory i'll say another i don't know 45 10 for wales
2: i've got wales by 35 that's incredible italy aren't even at the races and mate wales are obviously my favorite team i've backed them right from the start start of this tournament so you know i'm the exact <laughs> same wales by 35 um they're flying i take everything back uh, i started off with and i said the start to easy win for wales five points
1: england france
2: then come on
0: yeah for all the reasons that i that i gave you earlier i uh, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be a very intense game. I think we still we will see a few points and hopefully a few tries, but I will still see, obviously, France uh, squeezing the win, uh, which is going to be an extraordinary achievement and I can't wait to see it happen. And I will see a win of France 21-18. I think it's going to be a
2: little, oh, marginally, a bit of a bigger win. Look, I see the exact same. I just see England's form and the way they've been playing versus France, the direction, the trajectory that they're going in. And I just hope for them they keep the momentum going. Look, I, I really do will see and believe in what they do. Like they've been playing some fantastic rugby. So I, again, I think if they can hold up scrum time, where I think come under a little bit of pressure and creak, I think if they can achieve parity and, and gain a sort of decent platform at lineout time, time, um, look with Vakatawa Fiku in the midfield dominating. um, I see France winning this one by six.
1: And Scotland v Ireland, Johnny.
2: Look, so obviously Scotland have not had the ba- best record against... A lot of the teams, Look, we really battled against Wales for a long time. Um, I thought we would have turned them over, but we didn't um, after that red. Uh, and Ireland's kind of the same story. Like even in recent history, we lost in the pool stages of the World Cup um, fairly comprehensively, a victory for Ireland. Again, last year in the Autumn Nations Cup, third, fourth playoff, I had high hopes, Um I think they're still high, weirdly. And look again, so O'Connell speaking this week in the press saying, look, this is effectively the best Scottish team that he reckons he's played or coached against. They've come a long way. And I think they actually have. If you look at the different facets of the game, the different ways they've advanced, I think it is a good Scottish side. I think that victory down in England was was incredible. And so, look, I think Scott I don't think it's going to be easy, but I, I think Scotland by four. You've got Ireland with Stockdale back. You've got Ringrose, Byrne that have been phenomenal so far in the tournament. But I just think Scotland are going to be frustrated. Um, they'll have the bit between their teeth after not having that game um, against France go ahead. And so, I think they'll just pit Ireland by four points.
0: Mate, if I if I beat you at the match point predictor because I'm going to back Scotland, you're going to be. Absolutely shameful, right? So I actually, I was really impressed with the Irish strategy and the intensity that they put to give France a proper, proper fight a couple of weeks ago. And I really thought they improved a lot. But I think the Scots are going to be absolutely fuming after that game being postponed. They're, like you said, they've got a lot of talent. They've got a a, a good setup. And let's face it, they can still win the Six Nations, right? If they win every single game and then they beat France in, in Paris, the last game that hopefully is going to be postponed then, you know, it's 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 theirs to to be taken. So I reckon it's, I will back a Scottish win, not a huge win, but um, a Scottish win, 22-20.
1: And let's just quickly round up what's been going on in club rugby before we go as well, because we mentioned Frank Azema quite a lot in recent weeks for obvious reasons. I don't know if there's any news yet on whether he is heading to Montpellier or not, Benji, but he did him a bit of a favour on Friday night,
0: didn't he? Well, it's not him, to be honest. Um, Camille Lopez has been kicking absolutely extraordinarily well off the tee since the beginning of the season, but he had a couple of misses against Montpellier, um, which could have put them ahead at a crucial moment of the game. And there's an incredible, not a solo try, but a try that that was disallowed for a forward pass from uh, Kotaro Matsushima at the 78th minute, which would have given the the game to uh, to Clermont. So a hard-fought win. Montpellier is still not extraordinary, but at least grafting, defending, uh, putting a lot of intensity into what they did. And unfortunately, Clermont just not delivering enough with, unfortunately, the the young bench being sort of uh, underlined as a little bit, having quite a lot of responsibility because the, the, where there was a dominant Clermont scrum. Rabat came off, uh, Rabat Slimani, and all the youngsters came on, and, and unfortunately, they got penalized. I think three times consecutively to, the, to concede two penalty kicks on them. And then they, so they lose the game that way. And worst case scenarios, when you lose by six points, in France, it's a five point defensive bonus point. So in the end, they got nothing.
1: Anything else stand out from the top 14? A
0: few of the
2: signatures, a few of the boys that have signed or are looking to sign here, there and everywhere. There's um, rumors that Gael Fiku. this might be the best move I've ever heard of. So their bosses, look, they're obviously in trouble with the salary cap. And I think it's like a 350 or 400K fine, Benji, if you get caught in breach of the salary cap protocols. So Gail Fiku's obviously left Toulouse, gone to Stade Francais for a huge pay packet. But now they said, look, you're on so much money that we have to get rid of you. Um, can you find another club? We'll pay you to go, is what the newspapers are reporting. So look, if he gets paid out the last two years of that contract, which is huge, and he gets a check from Dr. Wilde, that's going to be a pay packet that I would have had over 12 years anyway in a whole... And then it looks like he's going to pick up that check and then drive 4K to another training ground and possibly sign with Racing 92. So, look, that's one huge one that looks like it's pretty much on its way to be done. The other one is... um, Hugh Jones, who looks like he's leaving Glasgow and signing for Bayonne. And look, I think there'll be loads of Scottish fans that hope that that's the right move for rugby reasons, not just the fact that it's the best place to live in the world. And that, look, he, he keeps going because loads of questions have been asked of him at Glasgow. If you remember, think back attacking wise, how good he's been for Scotland, those, sco- those tries that he scored against England 2018, like a freak show with the ball in hand. And questions have sort of been asked defensively is he the right fit? Is he a bit handsy with his tackling? But look, he's such a talent with ball in hand. You just want to, you want to see him play. Glasgow tried to shift him 13 to 15. Not quite sure where he fits. Trying to take over from Stuart Hogg. Hasn't worked. He's now back at 13. And now he signed at Bayon. So look, it's a huge move for him. Kind of sink or swim. Because Bayon isn't a ultra-organized, you know, amazing backs coach. Gets you into the game. Fantastic strike plays. It's, it's a proper graft. So I hope for him that it's the right move. It works out well. And he continues to to keep going. A dark blue jersey as well as a light blue one at Bayon. Um, but look, a great move. Hopefully, help him fit in and find a nice place to live down on the coast. I'm sure you'll do all right.
0: Yeah. on Another type of signing. So I had a really interesting phone call for the future of the Clermont staff. I will not give you any names because I can't give no. you anything. <laughs> Come on, mate. But to be honest, it goes in every single direction. So I've heard of current uh, top 14 managers uh, that are under contract, that apparently are very keen. Yannick Brew and Jeremy Davidson. I've heard some, some former uh, Clermont coaches who want to come back. I've heard from international coaches who are worldly re- uh, renowned, who are keen as mustard to come but I also heard that basically they might stick into the organization that they've got promote Sadourni, you know, have a sort of an organization for something from within because they're scared, scared shitless of the future. Don't know what's going on. There's obviously a lot of salary cap and a lot of this and that. So I can't give you any names, but in the, in a few couple of weeks, I will. And, and this, this is going to be quite a, quite a good, um, a good moment for Clermont to basically either go in a completely different direction or decide to do the same thing, but with different people and just on a funny note i don't know if you guys saw but so berritz are basically owned by a, oh, or the mate. main the main actionaire of berritz is a really rich family who uh did really well in technology and the president of berritz has been fighting with the mayor of Beirut, basically to the, the Stade Aguilera, is a small stadium, but it's very cute and stuff, but they're trying to basically use the land that's around to create some sort of project around it with an academy, a training center, a few buildings. And it's only fair to say that, right, it's basically give us the land, we will put the millions to transform this and to make Beirut profitable their, and sustainable. But if we can build a few buildings, obviously we'll make a few bucks out of it. It's only fair, right? In Beirut. And, and this fight has been absolutely legendary for the last couple of, of, of weeks, months. I mean, there's a whole show that can be done on it. The politics there are just unreal. And now the last news that they've got is basically the mayor, definitely now it's done, refused that project of, of work and extension around the stadium. So that's never going to happen again. It was almost, I thought it was done and, and signed and all that. It's gone to the point where birds are like, right. So staying here is not even an option. So they're looking at taking the club or well, the professional entity of the club, not, not the amateurs, not the school, mini rugby and all that, and moving. So they're looking. There's some exciting projects. You could have gone to San Sebastian, you know, have like a sort of a Basque thing. Apparently, it's not going to happen. They could move around the region. Not going to happen. And now they came out in the press that they're speaking to Lille. Lille is all the way top north of France. Used to have a, quite a good, um, a good um, project that got them. I don't know if they ever made it to pro d 2 but they definitely made it to Federal-1. And there was a big project, money problems, and they collapsed again. So Berritz could move to Lille. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think it's a lot of communication, a lot of blah blah for nothing. It's but bluff. it's 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 a it's a pretty funny bluff, basically.
1: We will watch that space with interest. And we've had a champions cup draw, haven't we? So what do you make of it for the French teams? How's it looking?
0: Well, oh, the only good thing, like Francazema said, is that at least you're going to see some some games that you haven't seen in a while. So Clermont are going in Wasp. Uh, Lyon or, or Toulon, I can't remember, one of the two is going to Exeter.
2: Lyon. But mate, how exciting is it though? Like, Munster, Toulouse, for me, I'm like, can't wait to watch it. Um, Wasp, Clermont will be awesome. Gloucester, La Rochelle, like amazing for John O'Gibbs and Ronald Gara to take that team that's doing so well, take them over to Gloucester and try and do something. Exeter, Lyon, like just the level of rugby would be another step up and I think we've all been missing because the pool stages were cancelled so it would just be so good to see Leinster to Toulon that will be really hard for Toulon Uh, Bordeaux, Bristol and then Racing against Edinburgh so Finn Russell will be playing against some of his Scottish mates so like some awesome fixtures and then Look, it's just awesome to have it back and actually quite cool in the way that it's been set up. Like you've got this round of 16, which goes straight into quarterfinals, Bosch straight into semis. So like, it's actually quite exciting. It's cool to have it back on TV, hopefully get to work at a couple of the games, um, but just great to have it back.
1: And I don't want to dampen the excitement, but it's in a few weeks time. The French team's definitely going to be able to play?
0: In France, definitely. Now, will they allow, basically, Is our teams going to be able to travel? I think so, yes. I think basically there's going to be some drastic measures, but look, the Six Nations is going ahead. So there's no reason why they would then prevent and every day is better, right? Because there's less and less cases in the UK at the moment, to be honest, France is in a more complicated state than the UK by a mile. We, we, we haven't had enough of European rugby this year. And funnily enough, this eighth to final means it's cut out rugby, but still extraordinary stuff. So it's as if everybody could play, on, you know, like the last pool game, everybody was still able to qualify and you're going to look at everywhere. So, so there's going to be an extraordinary weekend of rugby.
1: Thanks, Benji. Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to the one and only Joe Marla for joining us today. And thanks to all of you for listening as well. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a nice review, and you can watch us on YouTube as well. We'll be back with another episode next week. Cheers, guys.
2: Cheers. Cheers, boys.
1: Crowd Network. A place where you belong.